On today's episode of the Nifty Nick Show, I'm pumped to have on Frankie Nines, the founder of Subdux, one of the top NFT projects out today, having launched earlier this summer. This is not Frankie's first rodeo, however, having a storied background in the technology startup ecosystem, making him perfectly positioned for this moment in time. The show is all about learning from those with skin in the game, the world of NFTs, and as usual, today's guest is no exception. So let's get started. If you're looking for some crypto, you just found the right spot. We wrap it up, one of a kind, NFT straight to the top. Now don't go trading based on comments. We provide in this show. It's not investment advice, but our picks do tend to blow up. Like a rocket, they say. Many people have compared it to people's every day. So if you're trying to figure out what's going on in this space, please do not worry. Your boy Nifty Nick is hot on the case. Yeah. All right, today I'm here with Frankie Nines. Thanks for taking the time to come on today. Yo, yo, how's it going? So yeah, I wanted to kick things off. Maybe we can actually start up front with your recent project, which is Subducks. Do you want to briefly sort of give a background of like how that came about and what your role in this project was? Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, thanks. Thanks for uh, taking the time. Let me jump on your podcast. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I've, I've been in the space. <clears throat> excuse me. I've been in the space for, I don't know, since 2017 um, in, in, in blockchain. I started working for Dapper Labs in 2018. I, uh, I was, I was, I've been in a, a designer and artist in entertainment, mobile and gaming apps for over 10 years. So, um, coming into, into the NFT space. Yeah. As I mentioned, I, I worked at Dapper Labs and I, um, um, I, I, I've kind of always known about like, you know, just just how to build these types of projects or, or games or generative art, tech art. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, um, I've, I've been in it for a minute and, uh, yeah, sorry. What was the question? <laughs> <My bad. laughs> it, it was how you got involved with, uh, subducts. Like what, 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 what your role in that project is? Is it just artist? Like, or were you, did you, were you the person who like conceived of this idea? How, how did this all materialize? Yeah. Yeah. So, so well, Subduck is, <clears throat> it's an interesting one because it's a character that I created back in like 2017. And then in like 2018, I started, uh, drawing like little duck characters and putting them on this app called additional that you could mint. Like you can, you could mint like little nfts on and so some some uh fellow twitter homies hit me up and were like yo you should do a you should make a pfp project using the subducts theme concept and i was like all right cool so yeah i uh just banged out some artwork connected the dots met met with some developers met built built up a little team and we got the project rolling and and made 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 it made the drop happen so <laughs> so it sounded like w w where did that team materialize from i'm sort of curious because it sounds like the team you were working with has been around for a while in fact the i'm, I'm blanking on the name of the team right now that uh was also associated with uh v friends nft 10 oh nft 42 nft 42 there you go uh, were, were they involved in some way? Did they help with this project? No. So <clears throat> NFT42 is a company that I work for. Um, I joined them a few few months ago or half a year ago. 
uh, co-founded Nameless. Nameless is the the what powers like um, Nameless is what powers uh, V Friends. So I worked on V Friends. I was the lead creative. I worked with directly with Gary V on V Friends. But no, this is a completely separate team. Um, this is more just like internet friends, uh, homies that I connected with on Twitter and Discord and yeah uh i i got a dm from um from strong Wong, who's who's the lead mod he he hit me up and was like yo you should make subducts and i was like oh snap you remember subducts and so he connected me with lewis and we started talking about the art and then i hit up my boy john and i was like yo john you want to get in on this project he he's a front-end developer um i saw his his resume came my way through at like after after one of the projects i worked on or something um he had worked on magic jpeg and so he got in the mix and then he brought in his buddy dan who's super crazy wizard developer and so we just kind of like crewed up clicked together started uh put it got all got in on like a group discord chat and then just started building the project and um laid down laid down like a some sprints of what we needed for the artwork and the development and just started going at it and yeah i mean i think we we all like crew together around like june like june 20th or something i think is when we all like got into our first group chat so you know we worked for like three and a half weeks and built the project that that's awesome so let's let's go backwards i i was trying i dove right in to get to uh, just get an understanding of how subducts like sort of piece together, but maybe we can step back for a minute. So you've been doing art for your career for a long time. Uh, people who are listening don't see right now, but you're in a studio, and I'm looking at uh, paintings that you have on the wall. Like, is your uh, is painting your typical medium that you operate in? Like, and how did you get into art in the first place? Uh, well, I've always I've I've been in art for. Jeez, I mean, I've I've always been making art, but like, I started painting when I was like in middle school, high school. Like, I started doing graffiti, so I would like paint trains and tunnels and stuff. And then in college, I got into design, like actual graphic design, visual design. And so, I in college, like after I started being able to like make a make a living with art, I started really like you know really pursuing what what would drive revenue that I could make, you know, like what was my income? So whether it be actual design or it be selling a painting. Um, but I also learned at development. So I learned how to code. I learned how to write in Swift for iOS apps and I built flash apps and web and stuff. So like I, I was able to use that to kind of mold my career as a designer and a graphic designer, a product designer, developer prototype development um in in those different industries and then yeah like art painting is like my 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 passion hobby that i that i that i do so like yeah creating visual i'm like a weird jack of all trades type of dude where i can like do just about anything yeah yeah someone who does design and development is quite rare uh, you know, especially people who do great uh, design, it's it's interesting. So you made Subducks a few years ago. At what point did you transition into? Were you straight out of college, like operating in 
sort of tech startup land? Is that is that immediately where you started operating with your design? Basically, yeah. I mean, when I when I went to college, I went to the Art Institute of San Francisco in um, 2006. Was when I my first year. Um, and I like when I started when I like went to school first. I I uh, I started working at the Apple Store. My first job that I had in SF was like on the launch of the iPhone, and I had never even I didn't even know what like an Apple product was really. I didn't even know what an iPhone was. It was like you know came from a small town, so um, I worked there for about two three months, and then I was like, why am I going to school and like working at a retail store i want to get a job in design and i'd already taken some classes i had like a little resume or like a little portfolio on my flash drive and so back then job hunting was on craigslist and so i got on craigslist and i ended up landing a job in the soma as a, a production artist for a gaming studio we were building like flash flash games uh flash web games and so i just went straight to work so Basically, like my freshman sophomore year, I was already like working professionally in the industry, and I just kept that rolling. So, you know, 2008, I got laid off after like the kind of the tech industry took a dump, and um, I started like freelancing. I was doing like freelance design for mobile apps. So, you know, the iPhone app store just opened up, and so there's all these indie developers. And so, as I was going to school, learning how to develop in these different code languages and learning like you know MVP patterns. I was also working professionally doing UI design and, you know, I, I kind of put the two together and then I, I kind of taught myself how to build iPhone apps. And then, yeah, I landed a job at Zynga in 2011 and started working, you know, when they just opened up the new offices down on King and or Townsend and um, like, yeah, me and my buddies all through college, like we, that, that's, you know, my senior year to when I graduated, I was working there and I was like already, you know, I already had like three, three and a half years of experience under my belt. So for me, like doing UI design for big mobile games and understanding tech art engines was already like a no brainer. So, you know, I just like, you know, from there I was able to start building my own stuff and I started my own company, 99 cent brains. I was building apps and generating revenue through in-app purchases and, selling digital art stickers and mobile apps and um you know started really working it and then i ended up uh, co-founding a company we raised some money around uh digital digital apparel and fashion design and uh, moved to la that took me on a whole another little road road path and that's kind of like when i got back into making art because i was like okay like i have some money now like i know what i'm doing like you know, I'm like, I know the tech industry, the mobile, I was in the mobile boom, I was in the web boom. So, you know, like, you know, I saw, all, I, I was working in San Francisco downtown when the Instagrams were being created and when like Twitter was being created, you know, like I was like in that, I was in that little pocket of Silicon Valley. Dude, I, li I lived on Townsend Street uh, and I was there when they when they opened that office. Uh, at Zynga? I, yeah, at Zynga. Oh, really? I, was, Crazy. I was living there right down the street. So yeah, Sick. pretty, pretty Sick. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Across <laughs> from Adobe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that neighborhood was definitely uh, a hub at that moment in time. And I would say that's sort of like um, peak Web 2.0 bleeding into like Facebook basically became Web 2.0. It, it sort of subsumed the entire space for uh, the most part. Zynga was uh, 
a major player in that. But that's that's pretty awesome that you were uh, doing design on that front and, and that you have the experience with that. When you were working there and you said you were doing in-app purchases, I mean, I have so many questions about these different things, but were you like integrating with existing apps? Like w- what was the model there? <clears throat> yeah, so I developed an app um, called Catwing, which was like, uh, you could take photos and you could put like cat heads and lasers and make fire breather breathing like little stickers so like i had these like little art packs that you could buy um in the app like when i dropped it it went exploded on instagrams like everybody was posting photos and people were like how did you do that and you know the just the there was like oh this is an app called catwing and so i was like making this art like i was selling digital art basically um that you could use like stickers and emojis it's the same kind of thing as like as now you have in Snapchat and Instagram, the face filters and emojis and all that stuff that you can put on your photos. I was doing that. I, I basically did it first. Um, and so like I did that and then there was a couple collaborations that I had that were really important in my career. Like after I dropped that, you know, like I, I built the same app for Steve Yoki and he started making some money and then I collaborated with Alex Pardee and you know people were able to build their own monsters and put his like crazy art on their photos and then that led me into working with snoop we dropped a a snoop dog sticker app where you could put like snoop blunts and and artwork on your photos and it kind of snowballed into you know me starting this app development agency where i was working with all these brands and all these like cool ip it sounds like right place right time for uh, and having the foresight to you know, come up with, which is essentially monetizing digital art pre-NFTs, essentially, which is pretty incredible. And so I'm curious, so you ended up at Dapper at that point, you know, you said that was 2018. Was that like, were you designing CryptoKitty stuff? Like, what what were you designing? Um, When I worked, CryptoKitties was already out when I worked at Dapper. I was a contractor. I was working with the CryptoKitties IP. We did some prototypes for a, a little game that we were going to build. Um, and we, were, we were working on like, you know, how to, how to move the IP into to different, different stuff. And then that segued into me working on the concept for a game that we dropped called Cheese Wizards. So I helped prototype and come up with like, it's kind of the first phase art and flesh out the mechanics with the lead game designer on that. So... Uh, Cheese Wizards was a big, that was like the second product that Dapper Lads had dropped after after CryptoKitties. Um, and then after that, I went on just like prototyping new concepts. And so I worked on a lot of stuff that never really got to see the, the light of day. But I worked directly with Mac, um, the chief creative, and Pierre. And we just we would just prototype stuff. Um, and that kind of led me into collaborating with Benny and Arthur um, to to start focusing on um, building some of the the growth mechanics and like the viral mechanics for Top Shot. And so they brought me in as like kind of like concept to help like do some of the UI design on Top Shot, but also like flesh out some of the pack designs and some of like the the crazy treatments. And so all that like warp text and stuff, like I, I did some of the first iterations of that um as the visual design piece and then you know pass that off to the design team they kind of took that and run it and um yeah and so you you said you're now at nft 42 i don't 
like, you know, a lot of people in this space that I speak to seem to have uh, their hands in a lot of different uh, cookie jars, I'll call them, but like in, in a lot of different projects, basically. So what are you like doing with them? Are you sort of just like you show up when they need it and then you happen to be just like building this thing on the side? Like how, how do these how do you balance those two things? And then also like, well, yeah, actually, maybe that I'll, I'll just stop with that. So my work at NFT 42 is that that's an interesting, like little story on its own is, um, like I, I had already, <clears throat> so the NFT, when the NFT space started like really starting to pop off again, um, or like when it really started to explode, when it was starting to like go mainstream, um, all of the same, like people that I had worked with in the past when I was building apps, it were like hitting me up and they're like, how do we get into NFTs? they had already already saw like me on Instagram and Twitter talking about NFTs for the last couple of years. So they were like, how do we do this? And I, I had come across uh, a, a collector, Jimmy, and he, he had done some stuff with John, Ryan Young. And I was like, yo, you guys are building some interesting stuff. What are you guys working on? And he said, you know, we're, we're working on the Shopify for NFTs. And I was like, oh, snaps, let me help you. So I helped him, you know, put together a pitch deck and then introed him to some of my people. and. Then they ended up closing a round of funding and they're like, yo, we just, you know, closed several millions of dollars, like come join us. So I, I was like, all right, cool. I'll accept the job and I'll come on as creative director. And then that's kind of like how we formed Nameless, which is what, you know, ended up powering vFriends and is, is going to be like the backend API for, for a lot of these like upcoming NFT projects. And so, um, yeah, it was kind of like just snowballed. Like I, I kind of just like fell into that as, you know, landing, landing a job there through that, those means. But in terms of like my day to day, like doing creative direction at NFT 42 is all, like NFT 42 also has other properties. You know, they have Avastar, they have Token Smart. They're doing a conference next year in Las Vegas. So like I lend my hand and my expertise and my knowledge there, but also help like with the and it with the nameless platform but also you know because i'm an artist in the space and i have my own my other stuff freedom going on like you know i still have time to collaborate and do do my own thing do drops on on the big platforms or like you know for instance with sub ducks like drop sub ducks and use that as like a an opportunity to do creative stuff as an artist but also like explore new technology and develop things and then also you know keep pique my interests and like keep keep that going it sounds like you're in a lot of different things but it also sounds uh awesome to be able to do that as someone who is uh, wildly adhd uh, i can definitely uh, get distracted with different projects and uh, having the flexibility to work on those different things i think is uh more common among especially designers uh you find it a lot among designers who are kind of riding the balance between full-time job, freelance slash side project slash whatever you want to call it. So I want to zone in on Subtux for a moment. I ended up buying a couple of them. It's a great project. I, I think that it's super cool. The, the ducks look cool. I'm wondering, well, a number of things. When we look at different like NFT projects, it varies from one to the next in terms of how uh, they approach it, in terms of the teams and how you manage the actual project itself. And uh, I think the community often projects a bunch of speculation on like the future of the project and everything. Like, every, it's it's funny to see it play out sort of in Discord. I guess I'm wondering like what are like 
how are you viewing the project at this point in time? Like, is this something, is this something with like a start and an end point? Is this something that you want to keep building on top of? Like how, how do you view it uh, today? Subtux is, Subtux is a little bit more personal and close to heart because it's, it's a personal project versus, you know, some of the projects that I've worked on where I have, you know, I'm working with other people's IP. Um, so this project is a little bit more personal and like, this is something that I like, I actually want to invest my time and grow and, and, and use as a means to develop new technology and, and new, you know, new stuff. I mean, I've like in my roadmap, right? Like I talked about, you know, doing, pursuing like a, a pilot for an animation series. I've talked about building an app. I've talked about like dropping some, some clothes, you know, like some swag around the, around the brand. So like this one is more of like, yeah, I want to keep building it, but it's not like, it's, it's not a project that it's like, this is the main thing that I need to win to survive. It's more of like, this is something that I can really pour a lot of passion into and like see it through. And so I think that's, that's what makes this project a little bit more special to me than some of the other stuff that I've worked on where it's like, like there, there isn't really like an end like an end of subducts, right? Like this is, I'm going to see how far I can push it. I'm going to build some tech. Like, yeah, there's only 10,000 minted, but who goes to, you know, who doesn't say that like we build in a mechanic, we do subduct V2 and we drop, you know, a whole bunch of other ducks or, or we add some inter interoperability or some like game mechanics around how the ducks interact so that like you're, you know, you can make more ducks with the ducks that you have or whatever, you know? So um, I think like just leaving leaving the whiteboard blank so I can keep scratching on it and coming up with ideas and stuff is, is kind of like the move. It's such a unique position to be in when you view sort of the collectible space right now. A lot of the people that I speak with that are running collectibles projects or those that I've bought and I'm sort of just monitoring how they materialize it. it for many of them, it's a startup into itself. Where for some, like if I look at Bored Apes as an example, that's like their startup. Like that is their full-time solo thing. Uh, and and that's, all, that's all that it is. And then in this, in this case, it's really unique because what it sounds like is essentially you've had these characters for a long time and you were able to sort of materialize that team to essentially execute on the vision, on this creative vision that you have, but it ties so personally to you individually, which is different than like Bored Apes went and hired a bunch of designers. Like they didn't even just have one designer. They had multiple people who were d doing different things. So it really was much more like, um, I get, maybe I'm just projecting too much, but it seems like a different structure of a startup. It's a, di it's a different style. So like uh, in terms of building these things out is the team that came in for this, are they all working on those things? Like, are they, are, are any of them trying to do it full time or is it more like you're uh, sort of guiding it and coming up with like, hey, well, let's go build this mobile app or let's go do this thing. And um, like, how, how does that work? I think the, the real, <coughs> sorry, the, the real question is like, is there a business behind this, right? Is there a reason that everybody should quit their date jobs to pursue or, you know, to, to fully flesh this out? And like, what is, what is the actual like, like as a business what are you building value in right because after the sale is done you can only make you can only generate x amount of revenue from secondary sales 
So like, are you developing some technology that has some kind of revenue model to power so that everybody, you know, could quit their jobs and, and do this full time? Or is this like a passion project that is like some passive income and you keep pushing it forward? So I think we're right now, like, I think the goal for us and just the, this is my line of thinking and like how I've built businesses in the past and how I've built technology in the past is like scalability, right? So like, is it the 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 ip that is scalable or is it the technology that's scalable like what is the actual scalability and like where does the business of being able to generate revenue beyond the first initial sale to then say hey guys like let's let's all focus 100 percent on this because we have a business here um you know so i think i think the intent where i would love us to go is to actually continue to build this and like have you know find develop a system or develop a a means to generate some revenue reoccurring based off of what we built whether that's you know white labeling the the platform or or um you know building some more revenue models in for like you know how how the what, what can generate the revenue so that the team can like focus 100 percent of their time on but also like leaving enough room so it is still passionate and it's not just like another job you know because that's I think that's what what can what I've seen on projects happens. It's like when you're when you're when your hobby becomes your full time job. Sometimes you can lose some momentum there and passion behind it, and so it doesn't become as 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 organic or it doesn't you know. So, yeah. What's awesome about that is it feels like or, or organic is probably the best word. What you just utilized there is that there's something that happens naturally, and it feels very much more like an art driven creative approach to the project one which is not constrained by you know i think in many cases the sort of startup mentality can squeeze the juice out of the uh the and the joy out of the overall experience as you're essentially saying which is uh, and then no one's excited about it and it's like what did we just get ourselves into <laughs> like we're just stuck in this place where cool we're making money but like that's what we're doing. We're making money. Great. <laughs> like that's that's not as fun. Is there something you mentioned the app? I mean, I guess the the roadmap is what we uh, what people who are in the subduct community have as sort of a reference point for you know what what's coming next. I don't know if they they fall consecutive. I think it's more of just like you know everything takes time, so we have to build the project out and then also like. Um, you know, figure out what, like the, my only fear with like, with trying to say what's next on the roadmap is like, by the time we actually, you know, cause it, let's say like we do, we do a full merch store. All right. Like are people still hyped up about subducts after we spent like, you know, six weeks to, to design all these custom clothes that no one wants to buy. Like I, like you have to be very careful about like, like where you're at with, with, road mapping things so like in terms of like consecutive i think the highest priority right now is like putting out an app to like you know show that you can do more things with 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 subducts that, or you know show that you can do more things with these nfts that you can with you know with some of the other projects and then also like you know keeping the community engaged is, this is retention you know because there's at the end of the day like the real core mechanics of all of these projects is someone bought a piece of art and they can sell it, right? Like, what can you actually do, you know? So 
you know, when, once we start to explore and start to come up with things that you can do where the, they unlock, they unlock experiences or features or they unlock things, or, you know, we come up with a secondary like functionality piece where you can, um, mash them together to generate a new NFT, you know, like we, we have to, we have to kind of, we have to choose what we want to do carefully because again, if we invest a bunch of time in something that no one wants to use, it's kind of like, uh, that, that was, that was a, a big waste, you know? So I think like definitely while, while the iron is hot is the time to move, but also like keeping things interesting. And again, I think this project is different from a lot of the other PFP projects because one, I put my name behind it. Two, I'm like active in the community. I'm on Discord. Like I'm down to stream. I'm down to like make new art and like show people my process and talk about how I do things and <clears throat> involve the community. It's not just like one of those projects where the art is mysterious. And, you know, you don't have any idea who made it and like you don't get to see behind the scenes. I like to show people like how I do shit. Like I like to show people the transparency, you know. So I think that's like I'll just continue to do that over the next couple months and like we'll see what happens. Do you, do you feel that I'm sort of just curious personally, like, do you feel uh, oftentimes I sometimes like hype up a project that I'm like, I end up like I build a trap for myself, which is, it seems like, uh, I, and, and that could be my, my own thing, but I also feel simultaneously that's one of the fears oftentimes of like releasing work and launching a project is suddenly it's like, damn it. Like I now have this thing to support. Like, do you feel pressure from that right now, especially with balancing like your actual job? Not really, because I think like for this project specifically, it's still pretty passionate. You know, like I'm still like I, I was I'm still very interested to see like what I can do because I put all the time in to make all this artwork. And so like I wanna do more with the art. You know, like I like like the 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 hard work is done it's like when you develop anything it's like once you design all your game assets it's like now you need to connect the dots and make the game functional you know so now like now i'm i'm in the mode of like okay now i need to make this game functional i need to you know take all the the artwork that i did and like figure out what what is next so i'm actually even more motivated to to explore the new concepts and ideas because I'm like, okay, like there's, there's all of these ducks out. There's 10,000, 10,010 ducks like out in the wild. Like what can I do? What, like, what can we do with them? Let's figure it out. You know? So you seem like, as I've listened to your story, you, you seem so properly positioned for this moment in time, like in terms of your experience with tech, your experience with doing design at, at, with these technology companies. I, I now have a number of creators. I've either reached out to them, they've reached out to me. It goes uh, one way or the other. And they may be very talented, but they don't have the experience on the technology side, on running projects like that, kind of the business side of things, to be perfectly honest. And I'm wondering, like, what would you advise for other people that now it feels like such a unique moment in time? You're sort of an example of one of those creatives who's materialized success. You know, it's been years in the making and you already were on this path to begin with. But like for that creator who's looking at this today and you're you're one of these sort of iconic figures in their in their mind, like what advice do you have for those individuals that are trying to set out down that path? And and maybe the follow on to that is like 
is this a window that you think is just like closed uh, like that they urgently need to get this out in the next like month or two months like yeah so so those are the two questions like what would your advice for those individuals be and like how urgent is it right now i think advice for people that are exploring this space whether you come from a product design or development like uh background like me where i i'm lucky enough to say that i have you know over a decade of professional industry experience doing this type of thing but i think the 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 big piece is like you know my advice to people is um you know like one keep keep keeping it moving uh, exploring learn like actually do some research you know like research like how are you supposed to launch things how do you, you know, there's there's core there's core philosophies around game and product development that exist and so there's a lot of a lot of you know education that needs to be done that you know like school yourself like go learn what a retention mechanics are go learn what a growth loop is like understand like a marketing strategy go to marketing strategy like understand these things before you just like dive in you know because it, it's going to make your life easier um you know especially like product management right like if you don't have if you've never done product management you've never rent, wrote user stories or done sprint planning or even had a scrum or know what a kanban process is like go learn it you know because then you're it's going to help what you're building a lot better you know it's gonna it's gonna make it flow easier and then don't be afraid to fail i mean i've i've launched I've launched so many products. I've worked on so many products and I've had successes. I've had home runs. I've had shit hit the fan. I've had projects not even get released because they had, you know, technical or art difficulties or mechanic difficulties or financial difficulties. Like, you know, so it's like, if you're go if you're getting into this game, like get ready to win and get ready to lose, you know? And like, like take it like a champ, like don't, don't get butt hurt and like, don't fall into all the drama and like the weird, like, like, you know, like, take it like a champ, like, you know, pick, pick, pick yourself up, build, build whatever you're building better the next time. Make sure you're always like pushing forward and like, you know, get, test things, like put, push it out. Don't, don't like spend too much time focused on one specific thing. And like, you know, cause you don't know, like you might, it's, it's like with making art. It's like, I could spend two weeks working on a painting and put it, or like an NFT and put it out and no one wants to buy it. And I'm like, damn, I wish I wasted two weeks when I've had sales on things that I've like scribbled up in like 20 minutes, you know, like, you know, so it's like put stuff out. Don't be afraid to lose and take it like a champ. Like just, you know, like keep, keep, keep the ball rolling. I really appreciate you coming on today. How can people find you? What, like, what's the best way? Frankie nines, man. All you got to do is Google me Frankie with a Y too. So <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Frankie nines. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on, I'm on YouTube. I'm on TikTok. You just Google me. You can find me. Um, yeah, I'm on Discord, Telegram, whatever. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time today. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much, man. That's it for this episode of the Nifty Nick podcast. And if you made it this far, make sure to subscribe at thenifty.com. Thanks again.